0: i hearts are glad that He'll abide to the end. I'm thankful in Matthew 28 when He told His disciples and by, um, by way of telling them, He tells us, Lo, I am with you to the end, even unto the end of the earth. I'm thankful for that, uh, that, that once, once a person is born again, there's an abiding spirit that's there with us. He said, I must go away. He said, it's needful, it's expedient that I go away. I have to go away. When I go, I'll send another comforter. I'm thankful for that other comforter. When Jesus was here on the earth, He was the comforter. But He said, when I go, I'll send another comforter. That comforter comes on us in different forms. When we're lost, it's it's actually the comforter that convicts us. It's the Spirit that convicts us. And then once we're saved, it is a source of comfort and strength. And I'm glad that He is. He's he's God of very gods. I don't understand it. There's a lot of things that we preachers preach about that we don't fully understand. And part of that is the Trinity. Uh, The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I don't fully understand that. And don't kid yourself, you don't either. But I believe it. Uh, One day we'll understand it by and by. But I do know this much. That spirit, that comforter, he's no less God than the Father he is, Amen. and so it's it. Uh, we it, we need to pay attention when He moves upon us. That's God, Amen. and so don't turn that away. Anything on your heart before we go further in the service? All right, I ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter twenty-five, um, and I do desire a great interest in your prayers. Um, I was. Uh, Talking to a brother this week, and he was asking about this scripture, and I began to pray about it. And it's one of those things, as we said, it's don't fully understand a lot of it, uh, but but by and by maybe we can understand enough to um, to preach this. I I, I preached in the beginning of this the first time I ever preached, which was uh, I think the last Sunday in February 1998, I think. Um, but at any rate, we're going to take up. Um, probably the whole chapter, but our, our text is going to come starting in verse 31. Uh, again, desire a great interest in your prayers. This um, may be familiar scripture, but as we were talking in Sunday school, sometimes we read over it and don't fully take it in. Uh, so, God, help us to open our minds and our hearts unto His Word this morning. And it says in verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered and fed thee? Or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in? Or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, And as much as ye did it not unto the one of the least of these, you did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but they're righteous into life eternal. <coughs> and thinking about the Scripture, I've, uh, I've uh, be honest, had a bit of a hard time with it um, in a lot of respects. And, if if you just, uh, but I think the problem arises if you just take that part, uh, and it can be taken absolutely out of context. Uh, in other words, you could absolutely, uh, if a man were so inclined uh, to preach a works based salvation, you could probably take that portion and, uh, and 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 form it into some type of works based salvation. Uh, but if you take the context a lot of times in the scriptures uh, in order to understand a, a portion of it you have to look around it you have to you have to understand who the audience is uh, you have to understand what uh, what is going on just prior to this and maybe sometimes even right after this uh, and so if we go back this whole discourse starts really in chapter number 24 and uh, Jesus knew that his hour had indeed come. He knew that uh, that in just a uh, just a uh, just a few hours that uh, that he was going to be in Gethsemane's garden, and, and they were going to be coming for him. And and so he's trying one last time. To instruct his disciples, He's tried one last time to get them to understand things. we noticed that it was mentioned a while ago about the events of this past week. And I was watching that game. I saw some, I saw some gruesome, gruesome things in my day as far as sports injuries. Just looking at it, I can, I can confidently say that was as far as the way it looked. Uh, When it happened, one of the mildest uh, tackles that I've ever seen somebody get injured on. Uh, But you see, uh, uh, we talked in Sunday school uh, that maybe God has a plan and maybe God has a purpose. You see, uh, the same crowd that uh, that just a few years ago uh, when one man by the name of Tim Tebow, uh, people had a problem with him bowing in prayer. Uh, But let me tell you something honestly today. uh, When you get into a situation uh, like that young man was in, uh, uh, it is as natural for you to call out upon God as it is to eat when you're hungry. In other words, when trouble comes in such a manner and you understand that there is nothing, absolutely nothing that I can do about it, you will call upon God. You might say you never will. I promise you, sinner friend, there's going to come a day and there's going to come an hour you will call upon Him. You will. Now for some it may be vastly too late. I do believe in deathbed salvation. I do believe that it has happened in the past. I do believe it is a rare occurrence. Amen. I believe that, that, uh, that you can find you might say, Preacher, why do you say that? Because in chapter one of the book of Proverbs, that God says, I called unto you, and you did not answer. He said, so now uh, you will call upon me and I will not hear you. It's dangerous to put that off. Uh, But I noticed as uh, uh, as there was a crowd begin to gather around, uh, uh, the announcers went silent. Uh, Usually when there's an injury, uh, they're uh, they're talking and and talking about upcoming schedules. Uh, But it was like the whole world stopped. uh, And they tended to that man. And there were men who were on their knees, and maybe for the first time ever, maybe for the first time in a long time. But at any rate, there was a period where about seventy thousand people or so in that stadium were dead quiet. They knew that somebody's life uh, was in the balance. Uh, and we didn't know the details till a little later on. Uh, but as Belinda said, they gave him CPR on the field. Uh, why are you saying that, preacher? I'm trying to prepare you for the day that is coming to every one of us. Amen. Every one of us. I saw two articles yesterday. Uh, one was a 16-year-old girl. And one was an 18-year-old girl. Uh, Both of them were high school athletes. Uh, Both of them were physically fit. Both of them died suddenly. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that uh, to understand and to get you to realize, young, old, it don't matter. You best be found ready. And it's not based on the works. I'm going to get into that in just a second, maybe. But surely I won't be long with this. I know we've got a long conference ahead. But but at any rate, he go back to this discourse. In Matthew 24, He tells His disciples what's going to take place. They were amazed at the beauty of the temple. And they were standing there gazing upon it. And Jesus confidently and firmly said, I see you all of these things. Uh, there will not be one stone or another that shall not be thrown down Amen. and shall not be cast down. Amen. And it wasn't but just a few years. Uh, that place was uh, laid waste by the Romans in A.D. 70. Uh, but when Jesus said that, He began to tell the disciples, and they said, Lord, tell us, when shall these things be? And I have no idea. The Bible says that it's a mystery. That not even the sun knows that day. Not the angels in heaven. They don't know that day. But my Father, Jesus said, He knows the date. I'm telling you in the honest truth, at least in my mind, that the date has been set for the great judgment of God. We just don't know the age. We don't know the time. But we know that it is coming. I will confidently say to you, it's closer now than it's ever been. Amen. I will confidently say unto you, uh, just as Amos had uh, tried to preach unto uh, the people in his day, he said, Prepare to meet thy God. He can come without warning. Yep. This gentleman Monday night uh, made a routine tackle that he's probably made thousands of times over the court. This time was different. I'm telling you how you can be cruising along and all of a sudden your life can stop. Just like that. We're witnessing it now and I'm not, I don't want you, I don't want to get into the whys. It's important to understand and I hope they research it and give us a truthful answer. But we're dealing with something today that in my entire existence I had never heard about until now. And they're saying it's adult sudden death syndrome. Well, that's always been a thing. As far back as time has ever been, men have died. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news unto you this morning, but from the youngest baby in here unto the oldest adult, we're all going to go into the ground. Not one of us will escape that. No, not one. Because we're all sin. Every last one of us. And the wages of sin has to be death so your physical body's going to die. But He was telling His disciples something great. They said, Lord, when will this happen? When are You coming back? You see, I'm a firm believer. In my, in my heart, I really believe that after the Lord was crucified and after that He rose, I believe the disciples thought He was coming back in their day. And so an angel told them, "Why do you stand gazing into the heavens, He's going to come by. But Jesus began to say that there are going to be things take place. Wars and rumors of wars. Hunger and fire and earthquakes and pestilences in divers places. But be not, be not afraid, for the end is not by and by. He said these are the beginnings of the sorrow. I would say at least in my heart and in my mind, we are going through the birth pains before that day comes, uh, we are going through things uh, that, over uh, with the last three years, uh, has been unparalleled—at uh, least in our lifetime. Nobody's seen anything like it. Amen. People are dying everywhere. It's not an American thing. It's not a Europe. It's a—it's a global thing. And so, uh, so these are the beginnings of the sorrows. But the end is not by and by. But let me hurry along. As he gets in the 25th chapter, he begins to tell a parable... And I think all of these have to do with the verses we read. He first tells about virgins. In other words, they went out and they they all had lamps and they were all virgins. But the Bible said they were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And as they were waiting, they slumbered and they slept. I'm afraid that's what's happened Amen. to this generation. Amen. To slumber, to slumber, there's something that's almost, uh, it's just when you nod off. Uh, you ever been watching TV or reading a book or, or really enjoying something and you just nod off? And that's what slumber is. And slumber, unless you put some active, in other words, unless you, for me, unless I get up and walk around, uh, I have to the seat and put water on my face. In other words, you have to do something active to get out of that state of slumber. And unless you get out of that state of slumber, you will go to sleep. And so that's what's happening. We've been in a state of stupor as the Lord's church. And some have even, I dare to say, fallen asleep. But you see, when the bridegroom comes, there was a cry. I mean, uh, in other words, I I think he was trying to get them to understand. And don't fall asleep. Uh, Don't go to slumber. If you feel yourself not enough, then do something.
1: In other words, pray,
0: do something, be active. But at any rate, these went out to meet the Lord. And they all had lamps. But five were wise, the Bible said, and five foolish. What does that mean? It means they all had lamps. When they were all bowed on the field the other day, you couldn't tell them apart. See, they all looked the same. Every player was bowed. The coaches were bowed. And they were worried about their friend. I wouldn't have the authority to separate who's a sheep and who's a goat. I can't do that. The Bible said the tires will grow with the wheat. But there's coming a day that those tires are going to be bundled and cast into the fire. There is one that has the authority to separate those. And that's who I want to talk about. It's a day of great separation. That's what he's talking about. He said the five had oil and they were ready and they all trimmed their lamps. And no doubt there's been people over the course of time that have trimmed their wick. They, they've uh, stopped cussing. they stop stopped drinking. Uh, that's good. Those are things that you ought to do. Uh, can I say, trimming the whip will not light the lamp. You can cut out every manner of sin, but unless you've got a bit of spirit, Amen. it'll do no good. You see, in the Old Testament, and I didn't mean to get into all this. When the, in the Old Testament, uh, when they chaired a leopard, or when they anointed a priest, you know what they would do? Uh, they, would, uh, they would take the blood of the offering, the blood of the Lamb, and they would put it on His ear and upon His uh, thumb, on His right hand, and His great toe of His right foot. Uh, and that, that signified how the blood changes you from what you hear to what you do to where you go. The blood changes you. And after the blood, then came the oil. Get that. Understand that. The blood came first, yep. then the oil. Yep. The oil in the, in, the, in the Scriptures represents the Holy Ghost. And so there are many today that want the oil, but they don't have the blood. Amen. Amen. It won't work that way. Right. And, so, and so they want the anointing, but they don't want the bloodbath coming. There is no other way. Amen. And so, he was talking about a great separation. And he said at midnight a cry was made. And no doubt how that woke them up. Can I cannot tell you something today? There's going to come a time and going to come a day It will take you away. And there you'll be. And they were scrambling. And those that were ready, they ran to the bridegroom. Are you ready for that today? If he were to look out the window, you see, the first time, the first time he came, it was, it was sort of secret. He came just born to a poor old couple in a manger. And the angels announced to the shepherds, as we've talked about, the next time he comes, every eye shall see him. And every every tongue shall confess, and every knee shall bow. Amen. Everyone, but those that are ready. You see, that's what they were waiting on. That squad we're waiting on, church, is for the coming of the Son of God when He comes back. All of our problems are over for the saints. Isn't that a glorious thing? But those that were lost, they scrambled. They went to the slave. They went to the wise. And they said, we don't have the oil. Can you give us some of yours? And you know what the wise said? They said, we can't. We can't. I've only got enough for me. You understand that? It takes every bit of grace I've got. For me. I have none left to give you. But he does. Amen. They said go to him that says and die for yourself. You see the church can collectively gather around the sinner. I've seen it many times. I believe that the church can build a wall of prayer about it. But ultimately, it's that sinner that has to go and get it themselves. Because all the grace we have, that's just for me. I don't have any spare grace. I use it all. And so, they said, we're not ready. We don't have the oil. And as they went to go by, the door was shut. And they came back, and they began to pound and beat upon that door. Lord, open the house. But the door was shut. There's coming a day when the door of grace will be shut. Amen. Amen. There's coming a day when the last sinner that will ever be saved will get saved. There's coming a day when when the Bible says that God shall judge the earth by that man whom He hath ordained. That's Jesus Christ. And so... You can't be indifferent to Him. Now what does that have to do with what I read? He read I read about a day of great separation. I remember a few years ago in revival uh, that that uh, uh, that something was done. A sister had it laid upon her heart to, uh, for the saved to just vacate. And so they did. Most of the saved went out and, and stood in the forest and the lost was here. And I sat in here with them and, and just looked around. Can I tell you, there's a day of separation. Yeah. There's a day when husband and wife will be laying in bed and one shall be taken and the other left. And there'll be two grinding at the mill and one shall be taken and the other left. And they were, He gathered all nations. Everybody. And He separated them. Can I tell you, as I said a while ago, I couldn't separate the football players. But can I tell you that the separation that the Son of God makes will be true Amen. and genuine? In other words, there won't be a goat that's mixed in with a sheep. And if you've been saved, don't you dare fear. There won't be one sheep left in amongst the goats. He'll gather us all, yeah. and he'll make a separation. And then he stands, and they stand together in judgment. And they say, that, and He separates them, and it's a day of separation, and the Bible says it's a great gulf fish that you can't cross over. Mothers will be separated from their children. Children will be separated from moms. What a thing that is. We sing a song about a great day coming, and then we say there's a sad day coming, and then we say there's a glad day coming, but the gladness is only for those that know the Lord. Amen. And so as we come down to this last part of this teaching, He's wanting them to understand uh, that if you have been saved, if you are a sheep, then there are certain things that He expects of a sheep. Amen. You don't hear that preached on today. You hear, didn't saved well, my goodness, what? there's a whole world after salvation. And so, he says unto them, on his right hand, he said there was a time I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and in prison and you visited me. And you know what they said? What every last true born again believer would say. Lord, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything to have any valid. At least that's how I feel. And that's how probably you feel. Lord, when did we do all these things? We we just tried to live the life as the Spirit of God led us. And you know what He said? He said, if you've done it to one of the least of these who?" my brethren. And I tell you how you treat the brothers and the sisters in Christ. You may say preacher. He wasn't talking about that. I believe he was. I don't believe he was talking about his brethren of the nation of Israel. I believe he meant what he said. Whoever does the will of my father the same as my brother and sister and mother. That's what he said. He said if you've done it to one of the least of my brethren. Can I say how? You treat the brethren and the sisters in the house of God, how you treat them goes a lot to say about your character before God Almighty. You don't do that. You don't feed them and clothe them and give them a drink. I've been in places... And I get thirsty when I preach, and I've been in places uh, where I've been preaching and coughing, and, and I had no water. And uh, some little sister, uh, sometimes a little child, has went to the water fountain and brought me a glass of. I'm telling you what's the truth. If you've done it to me, you've done it unto him. Amen. That's Amen. what he's talking about. Amen. And so, how do you treat your fellow man? How do you treat your brother? How do you treat your sister? Do you go home? Do you talk about him? Uh, do you go home? I told a man one time, instead of talking about me, I know I'm not the best pastor. Instead of talking, why don't you get down on your knees Amen. for me? Amen. See if that won't do more good. Amen. And so, I believe that's what he's talking about. And then he goes to the goats. And he said, you had the same opportunity. You saw people hurting and in need and you left them hungry and thirsty and naked. Yep. And He said, Depart from Me into everlasting fire." There is a judgment. Amen. Works are a part. But you see, I believe that if you really are a sheep, you'll do His works. I believe you'll have no choice. I believe you won't do it because He drives you with a whip. But I believe you'll do it because He leads you by the Spirit. Amen. You see, I serve a God who doesn't have to drive me. He doesn't beat me with a lash. Now when I sin, He does chastise me. But when He wants me to preach about He doesn't beat me, He leaves. And when He wants you to do something like stand and thank Him for saving your soul. when he, when, he, when He shows you a brother especially in need. The book of James says that. He said, if you turn away somebody and say, Go thy way, let thy faith save you. It said, Can faith save you. And what he was he wasn't talking about eternal salvation. He said the man came to him in great need. And he just said, Go thy way and have faith. But he had the means to help him. But he didn't do it. You see, I've got a problem with that. And God's got a problem with that. In the other parables He talks about time. And I don't have time to get into it. But He gives me different abilities than He does you. He might only give me one. He might only give you one. Or He might give you five or ten. But we're all judged according. See, I won't be judged with what He tells you to do. I'll be judged on what He's given me to do. And so at that day, He will separate. And to some He'll say, enter into the joy, not my joy. It's His joy. Enter into the joy of the Lord. His joy. I I can't imagine what His joy means. But that's where I'm going. And so He separates. And the goats, He said, you had the opportunities. You saw them in need. And James said, you show me your faith without your works, but I'll show you mine by my works. You see, we have to be... If we're not busy, guess what? We slumber and we sleep. It's time we need to get busy. The world is... I'm hoping that what happened to that football... You see, our culture very seldom listens to a man of God. It's not how we're wired. Our culture, unfortunately, every eye is not on the church. But most every eye is on entertainment in some form or fashion. Whether it be ball games or whether it be movies, the whole world turns their eyes. Right. And so this week when the world turned their eyes on ESPN, according to them, the worldwide leader of sports and seen a man named Dan Orlovsky. He said, I don't know what to do. And I don't even know if this is okay. But I'm going to bow my head. And I'm going to pray. It wasn't just. It wasn't just in his mind. He put the words out. You realize what faith that had. You realize that. But that was uh, what God required of him in that moment. And so he's going to be judged on what he did with that moment. I believe he executed that faith. So millions of people turned their I hope you might say, preacher. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. God can use what someone considers silly things to spark about a revival. And so the, the focus now should be, as Belinda said, the man, is, I, I thought he was dead. I thought he was a goner. Didn't look good at all. You can make fun of me. I believe prayer intervened with that young man. Not say, preacher, how do you know? That? I don't know that. But I do know this. There was a night prayer intervened on this thing. There was a night as I was being flown across the sky that there were people gathered around in their homes, <laughs> praying. And I can't tell you this, After that surgery, the doctor looked me right in the eyes and he said, man, you shouldn't be alive. And I said, prayer changes everything. It really does. Now does that mean God will spare every life? No. That's why you need to be ready. That's what he's talking about. Are you ready? That day is coming. And for some, that day is coming swiftly fast. Teenagers are dying all the time. Adult sudden death syndrome. You can make on that what you will. But I'm telling you, God is trying to grab the attention of the world. Are we slumbered? Or are we asleep? Paul said it this way, and I'm done. He said it's high time for us to wake up out of sleep and realize that our salvation is nearer than when we believe it's nearer today than it's ever been before. He's going to come back suddenly as it was in the days of Noah. And the Bible says people knew not until the flood came and took them all away. There was no warning. There was no weather channel. There was no sirens to blare out. We talked in Sunday school this morning about a storm that lasted 14 days, day and night. Two weeks on a ship in a storm. Couldn't tell if it was night or day. Completely dark and lonely. For 14 days they battled the storm. But the Apostle Paul said, folks, be a good cheer." He said, an angel stood by me this night. Paul knew the Lord. You that are saved, you know the Lord. We ought to be getting that message out. There is one. That you can call upon, but only one. And His name is Jesus. Amen. And there will come a time in your life, God help you, don't wait to the end. There will come a time in your life when you will call out on that name. Amen. You will. Will it be too late? For some, I'm afraid. For others, you have the opportunity now before you. What are you going to do with it? This is the moment you're going to be judged with. You can't be indifferent to the Son of God. To Jesus of Nazareth, you're either a sheep or a goat. You see, there are no third... There, I know there's a religion. There's a third part in purgatory. There's no soundness in the Bible whatsoever for that. It says, as the tree falls, so shall it land." Amen. And so the holy are still going to be holy and the unholy are going to be filthy. In that day, we will be separated. Which side are you on? While you have time and opportunity as we stand, give you an opportunity to come forth and to be saved today.